You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're at the Farm Bureau Studios. And, uh, hey, I guess before we get going, Charlie, the uh, the thoughts and expressions on this show are not brought to you by Mississippi State University, Mississippi State Athletics, or any third-party entity that's associated with Mississippi State sports. Did I, did I, get, the, uh, did I get all the, the wording right? Yeah, and then what's the part you have to add? You know, the need express written permission of Major League Baseball or whatever. Um, yeah, um, hmm. kind of at a loss this morning, to be honest. I, I've already had one cup of coffee. I feel like I need another. Well, I'm on my second cup of coffee right now. And I started getting texts yesterday afternoon about how, hey, you're going to need a double shot tomorrow morning. And, um, yeah, Strange Brew Coffee here on a Sunday morning. Strange Brew, three locations Two in Startwell, one in Tupelo, of course, University Drive, and then uh, on Spring Street and Highway 12. I, uh, I'm i down in the country this morning. Charlie is in Startwell, and uh, I had mine. I bought some Strange Brew coffee from Woody's in Noxipater and brewed it this morning, and I brewed it extra, extra strong. I put a couple more scoops in there, Charlie. But it's fantastic stuff, Cold Stone Creamery. You uh, can go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and uh, order any of that stuff and get it to get it to you it's great so uh charlie yesterday after the game was over and here's what's here's why i'm so disappointed i am so disappointed because after what happened on friday night about the win not about landon sims we'll talk about that later but after the win on friday and then for about two hours yesterday I was extremely excited about being able to come in here and say, you know what, we've made some some moves. The guys began to hit the ball. Maybe this team's turning a corner. And then, boom, it's over. And um, everybody was upset yesterday, from Chris Lamonis to everybody on down. That's one of those. I kind of remember that night at La Tech in 2006 where they scored like seven runs with two outs, had nobody on base and two outs. We've all seen it in a game of baseball before. We've all been a part of wins like that when you come back and win. But uh, just kind of the way that it unfolded yesterday, it, it made it tough to swallow. Oh, it certainly did. Now, this is not to uh, be an apologist or anything else, but I want to pick up on one thing you said, and that is we made some moves. We, we tried to do things, and yesterday some of them did not work. Now, I kind of go back to it's kind of like your stockbroker. Now and then they're going to make some moves and make you a lot of money, and then now and then they're not. And ultimately what you're kind of judged on is the portfolio. Now, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. The thing is you want to be higher than you are low. Um, but, yeah, look, it's real easy sitting back looking at yesterday's game when you lead it, what, 10 to 2 and come back and say, we should have done a lot of things differently, could have done a lot of things differently. In the end, um, it's just disappointing. And I think there's a lot of things that we, before we're done today, be able to touch on. But look, the bottom line is 
we're going to have to find some arms on the mound, and we're going to have to pitch it better uh, no matter who's in there. I think the thing that stood out to me yesterday, and I kind of want to go in sequential order and talk about Friday, but but while we're there, let's let's go there. The thing that has stuck out to me late in games is the inability to throw fastball for strike. And, and we saw that some on Tuesday night against Grambling. Late in that game, we you know, had difficulties throwing fastball for strike, able to locate breaking ball for strike. But when you come in late in ball games, and if you're – you know, we're not talking about Uncle Charlie. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Brother Fred, the fastball. I mean, you have got to be able to throw fastballs for strikes late in games. And you start looking at walks in the ninth inning. You know, first guy's a three, you know, 3-0 count. The, the next guy's a 2-0 count. And then you're battling from behind. You end up with walks. And those things bite you. Um, that, to me, is 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 what's kind of worrisome. Now you ask yourself the question, and I have not talked to anybody on staff. I hadn't talked to Chris Lamonis uh, since yesterday, and I heard him on the post game radio last night, and he was very upset, as you could imagine. But you know, everybody wants to ask about Stone Simmons, who really pitched well in the eighth inning. He threw ten pitches in the eighth inning, and then you come back for the ninth with a two run lead. Now, to flip the page, and this is not me being an apologist, I kind of understand somewhat why you bring Parker Stinnett in there because at the end of the day you're going to have to establish the role of a closer and if it's in the staff's mind that Parker Stinnett is that guy then you want to get him on the road and I know hey you got to play with what's in front of you but it's almost like that was a trial by fire we have not had a closing situation at all this year and it was almost like, hey, we're going to roll him out here and see if he passes a test and try to try to get out of here. And you didn't. And it's like last night, Charlie. We were down in Brandon. Man, we played baseball yesterday all day in Brandon, 11-year-old baseball, going back this morning. And last night, everything got pushed back. I looked at Jen, and we normally get a room, you know, somewhere down in you know, Brandon, Pearl, Jackson, somewhere. And I looked at her last night as we're departing Jackson at about, or Brandon at about 8 o'clock. It's like, man, we should have gotten a room. It's almost kind of like you kind of wonder if that was in a dugout yesterday. You know, you make decisions, and all of a sudden you're like, mm, I may have made a bad decision. You kind of wonder after that first walk in the ninth inning if, you know, the guys at the dugout didn't look at each other and say, man, mm, we probably should have left Stone in the ball game. Yeah, because his pitch count was not high. Stone Simmons has been the one guy out of the bullpen this year who's just you felt really good about. And as you start to look at guys who need an expanded role, look, Stone Simmons is very clearly – that guy I understand kind of the idea too though if you feel like if you're going to have a year that you want to have you're going to have to have Parker Stinnett pitch well for you and look it just didn't go well Bart I want to touch on one thing that you noticed and that was kind of getting behind in counts and I think one of the things that was kind of scary to me is that you almost flipped the script on that at the end of that ball game yesterday so as Mississippi State's up 10 to 2 you go back and you look at the runs that Tulane scored after that. Baumgard doubles on an 0-2 count. Then you get Lee singles on an infield hit two, on a 2-1 count. But then you get a homer on a 1-1 count. The sack fly that we've got to break down in a little bit came on an 0-2 count. The walk-off came on an 0-1 count. I don't know whether to be more disturbed by the inability to throw strike one or two than to not be able to get to finish an out. And, hey, the hit batsman 
in the ninth inning. The hit batsman after the walks came on an 0-2 pitch. And so you kind of go back to what worries you. Um, not being able to throw strikes, I mean, that's kind of fundamental, or not being able to just get that out pitch. But for whatever whatever reason, on the back half of that ball game yesterday, even when we got ahead, we couldn't take advantage. Let me ask you this. When you start thinking about the reasons that you bring Stone Simmons out of the game and you kind of see who you pitch, you pitch Stanette, and you come in with Mikey Tepper at the end. Today, when you get ready for game three, and I know I, I keep going back to that point, I'm trying to rationalize. I know you got to play with what's in front of you at that moment and not worry about tomorrow when you're trying to hold that lead right there. But at the end of the day, who we're going to pitch today? Who we're going to pitch after Kate Smith today? Who's going to come out of the bullpen? So if Stone Simmons has thrown 10 pitches, and I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying this is maybe a thought process. If Stone has thrown 10, and I know I've got to get an inning for Parker Stinnett, if I'm looking at the grand scheme, I know I can probably bring back Stone Simmons for an inning today and Parker Stinnett for an inning today. You know, if you burn a guy for two innings on Saturday, he's probably not coming back on Sunday. But if you know that you may be a little bit lagging in the pitching depth on the back end for the Sunday game, maybe you bring out – and I know that's, that's, tough. that's a tough decision to make in a two-run ball game. Well, it's certainly easy looking back to say, you know, you wish you save Stanette to today. But, look, again, I go back to this. Sometimes you, you push the buttons and it works. Sometimes you push the button and it doesn't. If I were trying to be Mr. Brightside now, what I'd say is you pushed a button. And I won't say it won't ever work, but you know it didn't work yesterday, and that can in, kind of inform your thinking going forward. Uh, but, look, we're going to have to find innings. Um and might as well talk about it now, Bart, Landon Sims, on Friday. I think every one of us, um, you know, was just sick at our stomach when we saw Landon motion of the dugout and shake his arm. There have been all sorts of Twitter theories about blisters and everything else. And, uh, look, uh, if reports are true that he's going to have to be checked out, you don't have to be checked out for a blister. Uh, you, don't, you don't MRI a blister. So we don't have any more information. I've had a bunch of friends ask me, you know, what do you know? What do you know? Man, I don't know. Uh, And I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't kind of gotten out in front of it and just said a little more about, hey, he's going to be evaluated on Monday by so-and-so or evaluated a week from now or we're going to put him on rehab. I'm a little surprised we haven't heard anything about that. Maybe we will after this series. Um, But I'll just say this. I I have not seen that motion coming from a pitcher on a mound uh, and he makes his next start or even his next 10. That's just not a that's not a good sign. No, it's not. And, and going back to the point, Charlie, you know, and I've had a, a bunch of friends and, well, and a bunch of people, you know, reach out to us and trying to figure out. And, you know, I actually reached out to, to media relations and asked for, hey, do we have an official statement? And uh, didn't, didn't, get, didn't get a reply. And so, I guess they're going to wait until Monday. Now, I did see on Twitter where Robbie Falk and Parrish Alford uh, both tweeted that Will Clark said on the radio broadcast yesterday, and this is me just reading their tweets. That's all this is. Is They said that Will said that Landon told him or whatever that he heard he felt a pop in his arm and they're going to have, have an MRI. I actually saw some threads on some of the message boards last night where people went back and kind of got the actual language of what Will said. And I don't know if it was quite as definitive as it was being reported. It, 
it was one of those things where different people were interpreting it different ways, where whether he was talking about something more general or whether he just heard that's what happened or whether he heard it from him. So uh, I, there's still, I think, a little bit of ambiguity even around what Will said on the broadcast. Okay. All right, that sounds good. I mean, and I, I'm just taking that from Twitter, and so I have I have no idea. But anyway, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, you this is – one of the top players in college baseball, and um, and so I guess we're going to let it sit until Monday. And you know, if, if reports are true that uh, he's going to have, you know, get it checked out, then I guess we'll find out like everybody else will. But the practical reality is now we've got to kind of prepare for what does life look like without Landon Sims. I had some people asking me yesterday, so who's your next starter? And kind of one of my responses was. Well, you guys are the ones that have been arguing with me that he shouldn't be a starter. Who were you going to start before he got hurt? Now, part of the problem is that with uh, Casey Hunt being down, you hope he'll be back soon and give you a chance to fill in one of those spots. You feel pretty good about where you are with Cade Smith. You hope he has a good outing today. Preston Johnson can get you through anything. Um, and, boy, you hate to take Stone Simmons and move him because you got to have somebody back there at the end and you feel good about him coming out of the bullpen. I want to give you one theory that um, was debated with me yesterday, and I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and declare my position on this, Bart, and some people will disagree with me. I do, there is a tendency to say, let's take our Saturday guy and move him to Friday and our Sunday guy and move him to Saturday. I'm not ready to make three changes just yet, meaning if you slide everybody, everybody's getting moved off where they normally would be. It, I just I know there's a belief of, hey, Cade Smith's been our best guy. Let's move him to Friday. And I don't know Cade Smith's personality well enough. Some guys can thrive in that. But, man, that's a guy who's doing some good for you right now, and you just hate to upset the apple cart right now and try to put him in one of those tough Friday matchups. Yeah, you started the season, in talking past Cade, you started the season with Preston Johnson coming out of the bullpen. And now you've kind of rolled, rolled him into that Saturday role. And if you're looking for anything positive, it's the way that Preston threw yesterday. Went six innings. He gave up three runs, six hits. Yesterday was a tough day to pitch. You've got the win. And, hey, if you listen to our Friday Deep Dig, we talked about the win. And the win on Saturday, and it's going to be bad again today. It's going to be a hitter's ballpark today with a wind blowing out the center to left center field. That's just what's going to happen. And so, But I thought he pitched well in the wind yesterday and he had a good start last week I'm proud of where where we are with Preston Johnson right now and like you said Charlie I don't know what the answer is you think back to who started the games in the midweek this past week well Tuesday night was with Jack Walker and he pitched well against Grambling he had a difficult time yesterday I mean he came in he gave up some hits he you know put some put a free guy on base uh, hit a batter gave up four runs on five hits didn't record an out and so then you start looking at, you know, Jackson Fristo, who started the game Wednesday night down in Pearl against, you know, Southern Miss. You know, Jackson is a guy that has tremendous upside. He's like a Parker Stinnett. He's got really good stuff. Uh, he fell behind in some counts against a, a pretty good Southern Miss team on Wednesday night. So, yeah, I don't know where the answer is right now. And because Stone Simmons, man, Stone has been really good out of the pen. But like you, like you've talked about, We've had to have that bridge guy. You've got to have that bridge guy that you've got to get you know, get out of some trouble with. And um, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a tough one. So I think ultimately 
the decision will be made whether you move Cade Smith up. I think you leave Preston Johnson on a Saturday. And, and again, maybe Cade Smith is that guy. Let's see what he does today. He's had two really good outings, uh, one against Long Beach State, one against Northern Kentucky. Let's see how he does today, and then maybe you can reevaluate. I, I think the, the, I guess the big philosophy I have on that is you have to understand him and you have to understand whether he's ready to make that move. If he's not, I want to leave him where he is and let him have some success. Keep in mind, I mean, this is a guy who threw less than 20 innings last year. He's thrown 10 this year. Looked good in those 10, but let's get a few more under the belt. Maybe he can give you six good ones today and you, and you feel a little differently. Um, but then, so, so let's go to the midweek for a minute, Bart. I, I know it's I know we've got yesterday kind of fresh on our mind, but you look at the midweek and where do you go there? You got Fristo, you'd guess. I mean, are we to the point now where with Walling, you just kind of got to say we're about to find out if, you know, you, you remember the Cape Cod League stories we hear, part of the beauty of the pitching is you got three innings, and unless you're hurt, you got three innings, whether they score ten runs or one. Um, is that kind of almost where we are, say, on that Wednesday game against Texas Tech, to just put Walling out there and say, hi, right, man, have at it, we'll see you in the sixth. Good luck. Well, you bring up the point right there is now not only do you play today, but you got two games in the midweek against a very good Texas Tech team, and what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you just throw him out there and be darned with the ERA? You know, if you walk guys and you walk the bases loaded and you put up a seven spot in one inning, we're, we're about to find out if you can pitch. And some guys can pitch in that situation of knowing, hey, Brandon Woodruff talked about it, about, hey, you know there's nobody down in the pen. And I've got to get out there and and pitch. And sometimes from a mental standpoint, it kind of frees you up. The other guy that's going to be interesting to see how his role develops is Pico Khan. Two innings against Pine Bluff, two innings against – actually two and two-thirds against Northern Kentucky. Wasn't as good to get Southern Miss, uh, but that's not – look, I think some people miss too. That Southern Miss game was a little bit bigger stage. Now, you were there at that game, Bart. Is it fair for me to say – that the game down at Trustmark was a bigger stage than some of these young guys have played on so far, being away from home and, you know, kind of having a little more of a hostile crowd? Oh, there's no doubt. I thought the atmosphere down there Wednesday night was really good. I thought you had a really good crowd, and I thought it got to a couple of our guys because that's the first time you play in a setting where you've got other team fans that are cheering. I mean, we've played in front of big crowds already this year, but that's the first time you've had – you know, fans cheering. Now, you know, yesterday, and evidently we've had just by looking at the TV broadcast on Friday and uh, just hearing from, from buddies who were down there at the ballpark, I mean, I think we've had just as many fans as Tulane has had this weekend. But, it, you know, and they've been waiting all weekend, man. It took them 17 and to kind of get that jump rolling in the dugout. But that's the thing that bothers you about today, just kind of going off topic a little bit, is not only did they win the game yesterday, they kind of seized the momentum and you know woke up their fans a little bit, and so today's going to be pretty interesting for our guys when they go in there. You know what else is interesting, Bart? Our friends at Tracks Plus. Was that did I work that in for you? Tracks Plus, three locations in Mississippi, one in Louisiana. You've got the original location down in Hickory. Ken Crosby there. If you need anything from Ken or any of that uh, Barco, Saney. Massey Ferguson equipment. And then in uh, Startwell, Columbus, you got Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton. They've got uh, Barco, Demi Seamoff, mulching heads, 
Saney equipment, whatever you need from those guys. Then down in Summit, Mississippi, just north of Macomb, Grace Howell can help you out there. Then in Alexandria, Louisiana, Hoop Weems, our good friends at Trax Plus. All right, Charlie, uh, the thing we have not talked about, and, you know, I was at 11-year-old baseball yesterday, and you see things in 11-year-old baseball that you're like, you know what, I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. And I'm trying to think back to the last time I've seen someone score two runs on a sacrifice fly. And one of those things you don't expect to see past, you know, the 12-year-old of baseball or 8-year-old of baseball, to be honest with you, is a guy scoring all the way from second base on a sacrifice fly. My goodness, man. Um, it all comes down to, and, and Chris Lamona said this in the postgame yesterday, if you're going to be an elite program, if you're going to be a good program, uh, that can't happen. It just can't happen. I don't know. And I saw you're stumbling. You make the catch. You make the throw. The throw comes in from the relay. I mean, it's not just one guy's fault. I'm just saying at the end of the day, and everybody knows this, I'm stating the complete obvious right here, that that can't happen. That's Billy Hamilton kind of stuff almost. I was trying to think back just in my mind. You start thinking of, like, guys who are legendarily fast, able to score from second base. Billy Hamilton, you know, he could – if he ever got on base, he could basically steal his way around to home. Uh, could He could take two bases on a sack fly in some cases. But, yeah, that's um, – I really don't even know what to say other than it's somewhat emblematic of some of the frustrations we've been having kind of this year. It's like we're, we're just a tick off in a lot of different places. That's the thing to me is, you know, sometimes it's really fashionable to say – well, this guy, you know, you kind of want to pin things on one person. And sometimes you've got like this one person who's just terribly off. We're just a little bit off in a lot of places. Now, the, that's just one of those things. I think back to Ron Polk, you know, and all his talk about fundamental drill series. Um, that's one that would just have to drive him crazy uh, sitting there watching that game. No doubt. And, hey, here's another thing, too. If I'm a future opponent of Mississippi State and I've got a guy that can locate with sink down in the zone, and we saw that yesterday with their second guy out of the pen, Siegel, you know, after you score 10 runs on, you know, nine hits against Dylan Carmoose, the starter, they come in with their secondary guy, Siegel, who pitches in the fifth inning, and he goes five innings. He'd only gone past three. He struck out five. He walked one. Didn't give up a single run. You know, we didn't score past the fourth inning in that game yesterday, but he was a ground ball guy, and we rolled over on a bunch of ground balls. Every time I look at a scouting report and I see a guy who throws 93 with a good fastball, I'm pretty happy. But when I find out we're facing somebody with sink, I almost just write us off. And and I don't know if it's just we don't see enough of it. I don't know what it is, but so far – and again, it's early, a lot can change. And candidly, I think you see less of those guys. But if you're a coach trying to figure out who your Sunday starter is going to be, get the guy with some sink um, because that seems to be the key to us right now. All right, looking back at the game on Friday, you know, came out of the gate. Tulane is a team who has really played well this year. I mean, this team was 8-1 and one when we walk into New Orleans. They had two good wins against La Tech last week. And they have really played well. Now, they kicked it around the ballpark a little bit on Friday. But we came out and, hey, just start, start talking about our outfield a little bit. 
Seabird out in left field, Cumbus in center field, Kellum Clark in right. If you're looking for positives, uh, we've gotten Kellum going a little bit. He hit the ball well on Friday, hit the ball you know yesterday as well. And so uh, in the yesterday game, yesterday's game, he was one for three and had an RBI. And so um, you know it's good to get him going a little bit. But I tell you what, that may be as big of an outfield as I think I've ever seen. Well, and you go back to talking about where you're going to fill your roster. Um, that is an outfield design to hit, not an outfield design to go run things down. And so, um, boy, if you're pitching for us, you want to throw some ground balls, not a ton of not a ton of line drives or fly balls. That's for sure. Now, I'll say this: Combust. I think Combust is underrated athletically. Um, he he is a better outfielder. We saw him make some nice plays out in the outfield. Uh, but on your corners, no knock on these guys, but, you know, Siebert, you tend to think of as a first baseman. I mean, he's 6'4", 245. Uh, you know, he's um, he's not a guy that you're going to get on the bases and say you got the green light to go. Uh, and, you know, Clark is a guy trying to f- still find his way in the outfield. He just hadn't played a ton out there. DH'd for the most part when he played last year. So that's the one thing about that lineup, but – I go back to something we talked about, Bart. You know, when we started this year, it was almost like if you have a lot of guys that you're not sure whether they can hit, you put the best defender out there. It's almost like right now we're in the mindset of, you know what, we got to hit and we'll figure it out from there. All right, let's talk about today. And, yeah, we're frustrated too, just like everybody else. I mean, Chris Lamontis last night on the postgame show, you could tell, was extremely uh, aggravated, agitated in every way. So now today, Cade Smith. Hey, I, I guess, you know, we're, we've stated the obvious a couple times. Cade Smith today is going to have to be good. Yeah, very much so, because I think this game, for the long-term psyche of this baseball team, is extremely important. Let me give you the hypothetical. Hypothetical is that you drop one today. It's so all of a sudden not all of you lost – a game, but you've lost a series that you basically had in hand by the eighth inning yesterday. Then you go over to Biloxi. You're going to play a really good team in the midweek. You drop a couple of those. That's a rough patch. You get a win today, and and you can kind of survive whatever comes in the midweek. But I I, I know it's it's crazy in baseball to put an emphasis too much on one game out of sixty. I just feel like today is very important. And I think it's important even beyond the win or loss. I think it's important not only that you win, I think it's important that Cade Smith go out and pitch well. Because right now, I think you are without a doubt looking to see who is going to be our guy that we're going to ride. Who's going to be our guy on the mound that we can count on? Cade Smith, I think, look, and I'm a huge Preston Johnson fan, as you know, but I think Cade Smith is the guy who has the best chance to kind of take that big leap Kind of almost that Chris Stratton kind of leap from a guy, eh, he's okay, to, man, that guy's really good. I, I think Cade Smith is that guy. Today would go a long ways, I think, in his mind. It's one thing to have one good start. It's another to have two. Now you've got three. Now we got a streak. And so if we can get a streak of good starts, I think that makes this whole team feel better about where it's headed. That's why I think today is so important. Hey, you laughed at me on Friday when I suggested Luke Hancock in the leadoff spot. How do you like Luke Hancock in the leadoff spot? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're, you're not going to paint me with that. I didn't laugh at you at all about that. So, no, you, you're trying to create a false opposition here, and I'm not going to stand for it. 
hey, other than that, Hunter Hines has hit the ball well this weekend. He went three for four yesterday. Of course, Logan Tanner hit the grand slam. He was three for five in the game yesterday. Kellum Clark, one for three, as we talked about, had the, his second home run yesterday. The guy who's hit the ball well this weekend, and we kind of asked this question too, if you put him in the lineup and he knows he's going to be in the lineup, does he do better for you offensively? Jaeger has been pretty good at the plate this weekend. And he's a guy that you just had to get going. And so I think that's good. Kellum Clark's hit it better. Um, hey, Bart, just one last thing, and I, I hate to keep picking at the wound here. The thing I'm really having trouble getting over this morning is basically who beat us yesterday. The guy that scored from second, you know, it's Brady Margay. He's a freshman, freshman out of Milwaukee. He had, coming into yesterday, three career at-bats, three. He's the guy that hits the grand slam and then scores from second. You hate getting beat. It's one thing, you know, you, you get the, the walk-off home run from Groff. Um, you know, okay, I can live with that. That's an experienced player. But, man, it just hurts to get beat by a freshman who's barely played. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. I'd already kind of taught myself past the ledge. Well, yeah, all right. I'm, but, see, that's how I've been all since yesterday. I, I think what you just see have seen is kind of the mood swings that I've been going through. Uh, I'm kind of – I was having to multitask yesterday. I think we've got it in hand. Then I'm seeing, what, it was close. We lost, you know. So, yeah, I was dialed in kind of in the extra innings or in the late innings. And then I was like, well, you can't get too mad. It happens. And then I get mad, and then I don't worry about it. And then I'm mad again. I, I, I can't decide what I think this morning. I think that's my frustration. Um, but I go back to what you said. If we're going to be better, Bart, we got to throw the fastball for strikes, and we got to figure out how to get guys out when we get ahead. we got to quit getting beat when we are behind in the count, and we can't let guys – who have barely played, beat us um, with grand slams and then scoring from second. Here's what I was thinking about last night laying in bed, and as disappointed as I was, and I got to thinking back, Charlie, is I guess we've done pregame and postgame for a while now. Of course, I started doing it with Matt for a long time, and, and then he moved into the broadcast role, and then you jumped in to do the pregame. And, you know, we've been doing, you know, postgame shows – for a while now. And my thought on this is this. If we could make it past South Alabama football and not get fired after a postgame show or the Tennessee game a couple of years ago when we go to Knoxville and we get beat, if we can make it through those postgame shows, if we can make it through some of these Alabama losses in football on a postgame show, I knew, and this is where I went to sleep and slept well last night, is I knew that somehow, some way, we could make it through, even though we were upset, even though we were mad, and we could make it through and probably still have jobs on Monday. Well, the good thing for me is I have outside employment. So, I, yeah, well, I can't believe you left out the Music City Bowl because that was probably our all-time uh, biggest meltdown on a post-game football show, but... Look, it's one of those things. It's baseball. The beauty of it is there's a new day. That's the thing you like about baseball. You know, football, you got to sit around for a week and be mad and listen to the talk shows. We got a chance to go win a series today. If you go win a series today, then you wake up tomorrow, and, man, that was just kind of a, a fumble in the middle, but you take two out of three from a team that took two out of three from La Tech last weekend who you think is going to be pretty good. Yeah, oops, shouldn't have done that, but you move on. 
you don't want to wake up tomorrow one and three. And so I think today is a big day for Mississippi State baseball. I don't want to overstate it, but I think it's important. And I'm hoping that when we get together and have our Monday show, we are not going to be sitting here talking about picking up the pieces. We're going to be talking about the fact that we bounced back, that we kind of had that unforced error, so to speak, in the middle, and, hey, now we're okay. Hey, we're going to come up with a show name sometime between now and then. You need you need to get on that a little bit. You're a little bit more creative than I am. Well, I saw that one of our suggestions was the Monday meltdown. We go out and uh, blow another one today, and that may be the one we adopt. No doubt. Of course, uh, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents in all 82 counties. I actually saw my Farm Bureau agent last night or yesterday afternoon coaching baseball, doing a fantastic job down at Shiloh Park as a Ben McDade was there coaching some 10U baseball. And so we had some great talks and thoughts on yesterday's baseball game at Shiloh Park. And so a Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. And once again, thanks to our good friends at Bank First. Bank First, a growing bank throughout Mississippi and Alabama. Tremendous customer service. And if you're in the market for a mortgage loan, commercial loan, business loan, mortgage refinance, great people at Bank First. All right, Charlie, back to the ballpark today. I'm headed back for some 11U baseball and um, going to put this one behind us. Try my best to put it behind us. Well, we have no choice because we play again, and we hope that uh, Cade Smith will put it behind him or put this past few games will not be in his mind as he uh, takes the mound today. We need a big start out of Cade. I'm optimistic that we're going to get it. Yep, no doubt. Hey, enjoyed it as always. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys listening to Sunday Coffee.